Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme Dat Wheat. And today we have an episode discussing the landscape of Smash. Yes, very big topic, but I think we are prepared with the uh, people we have to talk about it. And, uh, you know, of course, let's get to the people who we have here to talk about it. We have someone who has been uh, rising the ranks of the community and is now someone who I would say is probably leading the new generation of, uh, of you know, the Melee top brass. And, of course, I'm talking about my good friend Edwin Budding. What's going on, Edwin? Not much. Not much. We got a bit of a weird episode coming up ahead, so we have a bit of a strange guest to, to compliment that as yeah, well. Yeah, true freak. <laughs> yeah. Real, real weirdo. A true whack job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm psycho. Yeah, yeah I'm, happy to, I'm happy to talk to you. We, I'm really happy to talk to you, Contra, as well. How's your week? Thanks been? for having me on. I've, I've, I'm, you know, it's been a week. Uh, yeah. Lots of stuff going on. We're just fresh off the back of both Smash Camp and 420, two very important dates in Smash community. So uh, I'm eager to, you know, get into it. Truly, 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 truly. Yes. Um, first, let's talk about what has been, uh, you know, going on with you recently. So you talk about Smash Camp. That was an event that I know that you helped run earlier in the month of April. You also were the uh, melee to for you and you and Jade, of course, were the melee tos for Major Upset, which uh, you know we had a lot to talk about uh, before and after on this podcast, as as it was kind of like a uh, one of the melee majors uh, of the year so far of this kind of weird, weird year we've been having. So, um, yeah, how does it feel? You know, you've been um, kind of leading the charge on a couple different uh, different brands in the Smash community lately. How does it feel to to have a part in the community to that level um, with the way that the year's been going? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I want to avoid, like, feeling too much or presenting myself too much like a celebrity. I'm, I'm just running tournaments, and I, sure. I have a certain standard that I hold myself to and they hold the tournaments that I run or I'm involved with, too. Um, and I think that, you know, has given me somewhat of a reputation, uh, whatever. I That's not what I care about. That's what I'm here to talk about. Uh, I, I do want to stop you. It wasn't just me and Jade um, that ran Melee. It was uh, mainly the execution was actually uh, my good homie, Sheikh Zula, who also mm-hmm. helped out with Smash Camp Newlands a lot. Uh, Logan is an extremely talented organizer in Portland and uh, runs very smooth brackets. So I just want to give him a shout out before we get too removed from that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Major Upset and Smash Camp this last month took up most of my time, and I'm really happy with how both of them went. Um, and I hope that we can keep up the momentum of good events uh going into combo breaker next month yeah for sure uh combo breaker also something that i know that you are going to be involved with and mm-hmm. another kind of uh tournament that has to suddenly probably be a, a bigger part of the scene than it uh, really ever was i know that there was an announcement i believe we just hit 200 entrants which is a pretty big deal for combo breaker um yeah tell me a little bit about what uh combo breaker means to you and, and why this is so important to the scene for people to go to combo breaker yeah um so i've actually i first went to combo breaker in 2019 i was invited by curly uh who is one of the directors to help manage one of the ballrooms uh at the time the venue had i think four different 
big rooms that they were operating in, and um, they wanted help with the one that had Smash Ultimate and all the Tag Fighters, which I love Tag Fighters, Marvel and, and Blaze Blue and uh, Dragon Ball are all fun games. I don't play any of them very seriously. Um, but when I went in 2019, I was so impressed with the um, the amount of games that they were able to support and the quality at which they were able to support them. Uh, they had, I think, 25 main title games at Combo Breaker, and it was mm-hmm. like the biggest event for seven or eight different games. Uh, and it had really good representation for like all of the major fighting games. So I, 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 being in that environment and working with those people, I felt like um, there's no reason why Melee shouldn't be here, and I'm going to do what I can to prove that the community is ready to uh, show up again. Because it had previously been at Combo Breaker the prior years, but it didn't have great representation. Part of that is because it uh, was near the same weekend as Smash and Splash for years, Um and I also think part of it has to do with the way the community um, thought about events that were primarily FGC at the time. Uh, the two or three primary examples of that were like Evo, which had a, a long time had a reputation for being just a really bad tournament for Melee. Uh, CEO, which I feel like it's fine. And uh, Combo Breaker itself. But it was never very well attended at combo breaker so they they pulled it um mm-hmm. but rick this Triple last year R famously me... made top eight at combo breaker yeah the kirby best made, kirby so. ever yeah if there's anything that needs to be said about combo breaker not being very well attended i think that that probably says it yeah um and you know it's i think it's okay for there to be tournaments that are smaller i think that's fine i think that's even desirable uh, in many ways, uh, but Combo Breaker, Combo Breaker is an event that you know seven or eight thousand people go to every year. It's in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their current venue is very great. Uh, there's not a lot in the area. It's like a suburb, but that's fine. It's in Chicago, which is very easy to travel to for most of the world, uh, and it's an extremely well put together event. Rick and uh, Margot do an excellent job and everyone involved um and i think we as a community should be very excited that we get to have a place at combo breaker and i'm really um proud of how you know how good the response is my goal Mm -hmm. going into it was i hope that we can hit at least 200 entrants that would be a success to me outright and we've hit that already um with another month to go so if you haven't registered please register at start.gg slash cb 2023 i'm pretty sure hmm, hope um, that takes people there <laughs> Let me I, whatever it takes to do register for it yeah it's cb 2023 is that right surely yeah okay perfect <laughs> um but i think you know whether it's uh considered a major or not that's not really uh, something I care about. I feel like we as a community have never been uh, extremely good at deciding what is a major beforehand, and we only really decide after the fact. Uh, y- you might be mad at me for saying that, 
Edwin, I know you, you and all the other people in the like historic melee stats like to define majors pretty strictly, but uh, I, I think it doesn't matter. It's a tournament, and 200 people are going, and you should also mm. go, and it'll be fun. I mean, this is 2023. This is the year of the regional, I would uh, call it. So, so you know, being a regional, uh, if that's what it ends up being, is definitely nothing to scoff at. Um, now, Edwin, uh, I know we've talked about stuff like this before, but it, it's pretty interesting to to see how the scene views um, Combo Breaker, right? You know, we are someone who we have been for years kind of um, – uh, like hoping that Evo picks melee back up, even if people say that we don't need it, or even if you know people say that uh, we don't want it. Obviously, this is something where every time they have a reveal and melee or smash is not involved, I do think that that everyone has like a a, a tinge of pain. And, and yet, we kind of um, view stuff as like CEO and combo breaker as not really worth it. Uh, we talked about it before how. Yeah, we used to be in a buyer's market where if you are a tournament attendee, you can pick something that is convenient and cheap and and fits your specific needs because there's so many tournaments. And yet, as 2023 moves on, we're kind of realizing that um, this year might not fit the same kind of qualifications. So, uh, what do you yeah, what do you think about uh, Combo Breaker this year, Edwin? Do you think that this is going to be something where the community is going to going to actually you know show up and attend? And, and how important do you think it's going to be in the landscape this year? Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see, right? I think I think Combo Breaker, for, for whatever it's worth, usually in the years it runs, like, it doesn't, something doesn't have to be a major for it to be a really fun event or for it to feature fun players that are good to watch, right? Like, I, like, one of my favorite things of watching Combo Breaker every year was seeing the Midwest show up, right? You could typically see people like Duck or KJH at Combo Breaker, and it creates this fun little dynamic where you have a bunch of people from different states kind of all like you know within the the broader midwest all coming together for this tournament and you sort of see a lot of rivalries of like maybe the best of michigan plays the best of illinois or and stuff like that kells was someone that that you would see back in the day or or people like people like kells so i think it is it going to be the the kind of high stakes uh major like uh what shine was in the past or something like smash con let alone genesis or big house no, but but that doesn't mean that it, it can't be special in its own way. I think some of the some of the most fun tournaments I've attended and some of the most fun tournaments that I've watched as a spectator ended up being regionals and and even regionals of like 200, 300 people without without a top 10 top 5 player, top 10 player mm-hmm. there. They end up being really fun. There's a reason I I think I think very positively of the first gang that I ever went to. That was a great tournament. I actually I actually feel like the, the a tournament like Combo Breaker and a lot of a lot of events by the uh, by the old EGTV crowd are actually some of some of the events that I remember most fondly, both from having attended them and just watched them. So is is it a will it be a major at least right now i don't think it will will be but i don't think it has to be to to be successful and i don't think it has to be to have a presence in the scene as we sort of are in this transition period from a year of circuits and big events going on like every weekend for a quarter of the year so now we're we're trying to figure out what this new landscape looks like 2023 is definitely going to be an interesting year when we talk about Melee. Uh, as I mentioned before on the show, kind of feels like we are detailing week by week uh, Melee's downfall, kind of like Captain's Log of uh, this game time. But but I, I you know obviously don't believe that. Um, but yeah, you're right. 2023 is going to be interesting because it is kind of passing the torch from what 2022 was, which was this very big year that was... Um, you know, headlined by multiple majors and multiple circuits and 
and uh, kind of tournaments that were not really going to be majors that were then you know buoyed by these circuits. Um, and leading to 2023, we don't really have that. Obviously, you know, we don't have special tour. We don't have Panda Cup. Um, and because of that, we are seeing kind of a, a drop in what these major tournaments are. Um, we talked about it a while back, but terms like major upset and collision are tournaments that probably in a normal year would not be as big majors as they ended up being. But because of, you know, lacking events from um, from like VGPC and, and other tournament organizers, organizers that would put Organizers. Hey, man, calm down. You come <laughs> on the podcast. Sorry. Keep going. You're doing great. 2023 is the year of regionals. And, uh, you know, speaking of another Chicago regional, we had one just this past week. This past weekend, we saw three major regionals. Major regionals, what does that mean? We saw three regionals that featured um, multiple major players. You know, we, we saw Out of the Blue in Chicago. We saw the Come Up in uh, Toronto. And over in New Jersey, we saw, saw Scarlet Classic. Between them, they featured... Amsa, Moki, Cody Schwab, Crudo, um, Ginger, Zamu, Aklo, Nun, and and you know these are things that we didn't see last year. If, if you know the the story of melee in 2023 might be the loss of kind of big tournaments, but I think if there's talk about that that's going on, it has to be followed about talk about regionals because they are something that this year already are more well attended than I saw in the past few years. So Connor, as someone who, you know, Edwin has mentioned you, uh, with EG2 and now level one have definitely ran your fair share of majors. Uh, I know that you've kind of transitioned in the past few years to, uh, running more major tournaments as opposed to smaller tournaments. But you know, what do you think the regional has in the current day? Where what's, what's its place in the current day melee landscape? Um, so this is where I'm going to actually challenge you because I actually you know in a way i kind of disagree with the premise that this like that 2023 is all that much different than 2022 obviously we're missing the two major circuits and uh bgbc and isn't running BGBC. and and summit and bgbc isn't running major stuff however yeah, i think, I think wrong. in the grander um tapestry of melee if we ignore the fact that um, these are organizations that are less involved or not involved. Uh, in 2022, like that was a weird year from the get go. We had Genesis get pushed back three entire months. Genesis, the biggest tournament of the year got pushed back. There was almost nothing for the first two or three months of the year. Uh, and in total, I'm looking at the calendar for 2022 right now. There were, there are, like 70 not even entrance in the entire calendar for all of 2022 for melee for 2023 just of announced events we already have 45 and we're in april you know we, there's there's two-thirds of the year left to go there's a bunch of stuff that's unannounced i know for a fact uh i, I don't think it's going to be that much of a down year like you think it might be um, and I also think that uh, regionals have always been there. They just didn't get as much attention previous or last year because last year was highlighted by a ton of stuff that got big boosts from Panda Cup and uh, the fucking pizza. What's it called? Papa John's sponsorships. Papa John's, okay, yeah. Those were huge. I feel like without Papa John's, stuff like Low Tide City and Lost Tech City and and I don't know, a bunch of stuff 
would not have been events the size that they actually were. Does sure. it, uh, you know what I mean? But, so but I that feel is like, kind of the point, isn't it? Is yeah, that last year I, was bolstered by these things. And yeah, Low Tide City and, and Lost Tech, or Low Tide was one of the Pipsqueak one. Let's go Pipsqueak. Uh, you know, Lost Tech City uh, was not a tournament that would garner uh, Mango, Amsa, Plup, and HBox and, and, and the like um, in a normal year. But it, but last year was a normal year, and obviously there is a bit of a difference. Um, yeah, Edwin, I don't know if you've got any thoughts sure. on this. I think I see what both of you are saying, and I think there's merits of truth in both of them. However, tell us who's more correct. I think wheat is more correct here, and and I'll tell you why. I'll I'll tell you why why I think wheat is more correct here. I think in addition to those two circuits um, being around and incentivizing people to go to events, um, I think the presence of Summit on its own, as very obvious as it is, as a reason for for both established top echelon players to go to events to try to qualify for Summit and whatnot, um, I think that plus even giving opportunities to other top 50 players to you know make make it through a deep run like a Drefin in 2019 or something. I think the the loss of something like that really, at least intuitively, maybe I could be incorrect on the data. Maybe maybe people end up showing up to more events anyhow this year, but my gut feeling is that it'll it'll depress um attendance rates among people in the top 50 in 100 by the end of this year maybe, maybe I, that's incorrect i i definitely think it'll depress some people some like specific people's ability to attend things like josh man for example uh until he moves back to na but like i think it's really only gonna affect uh the very very top like 0.1 percent like your mangoes for example, I feel like Mango is going to go Say to... Say that in a Bernie Sanders voice. <laughs> no. Okay. I Connor, can't do impressions. Connor, if, if I can add one more thing. Sure. So I, I think the attendance rate among that group of players, the reason why I'm, I'm focusing on that, I, I guess, as a, as a metric for... like as one metric for health for the scene is because that small group of players also affects viewerships for viewership for these events and, and the channels in which these events are streamed, right? Which it, which sure. in effect affects their ability to, to pitch to a sponsor and get money, get money in, into the scene. So I think, I think for yeah. me, like, like maybe even more so than the attendance rates and maybe the attendance rates of those players is the same kind of dispersed throughout the year. But I, but I feel like without, without it being consolidated into either the summit sphere, the smash world tour sphere or the panda sphere, or just like a, a, like a, like a vehicle to sort of centralize people or to drive people to go to events consistently through the year, ending in a really big one. I, I feel like that, that will, that does gen, sort of, even if the scene can move past it, I feel like it does hurt a little bit. If, if yeah. That it's a different environment. Yeah, but I don't think that's like, I think something that you mentioned is that uh, sponsors are an important aspect of viewership. That's true. Um, I don't think that uh, events that exist in our current climate are going to be able to succeed very much, especially compared to last year, in getting sponsors that matter. Um, simply because I feel like the economy of esports right now is just tanked. So yes. I don't I don't think that's Absolutely. relevant to melee's health. Uh, generally, I think 
Melee's health is fine uh, comparatively to everything. I think last year was maybe comparatively. Year. I, I I could see that comparatively, but I'm not quite as I'm not quite as bullish that it'll it'll be fine. I mean I mean I'm bullish that it'll be fine overall. Like melee will not die, but yeah. I I, th- I think I see the impact a little a little more directly. There, there's something it, else I'd want to bring up in, in this as like a byproduct. But I, sorry, you you can continue. I I think just the the other thing that I was gonna say is just. Um, I think 2021 and 2022, people were sort of gearing up and getting ready to join the melee wave as it entered like a new mm-hmm. echelon of of success, and everyone was going to start making actual wages and feeling good about spending time and effort on melee. And what's happening in 2023? Obviously, the economy isn't doing great. Esports isn't doing great. Everything's sort of doing a backslide, but it's not going lower than it was in like 2018, for example. It's just going back to that grassroots, you know, hobbyist thing. And I think that's fine. I don't think, obviously, I would prefer being someone that would definitely benefit more than others uh, from uh, Melee as a real esport universe. Um, I would definitely prefer that and being able to be paid living wages is great. But I think it's also okay if our community sort of takes a, a step back and goes back into the world of um, there's like four or five tournaments a year that everyone goes to, and that's kind of it. Uh, and then there's 15 or so more tournaments that some people go to in different places, and we call those regionals. Uh, and I, I don't think there's a problem with that. And we just mm-hmm. have to accept that the growth that we expected is either getting pushed back or not going to happen. And I think that's fine. And I think we just have to feel okay with that. You know, I think hey, we're kind think? of agreeing on just using different terms because, uh, you know, when we, when we talk about how 2023 is going to be a year that is more based in regionals, it's not saying that, you know, right. There's nothing about the health of the scene in, in talks like that. Um, obviously, you know, we, we've had sky is falling conversations before and, you know, it feels like every single week there's news that kind of makes people go back to it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're right. What we talked about in 2021 and 2022 can't be talked about without mentioning the fact that these were pretty anomalous years, right? Everyone is coming back from uh, COVID. And because of that, the events that are able to come back early and, and you know, quick are the events that are run by big organizations, right? You know, it's, it's going to be a lot more difficult for a regional to come back in... Uh, a year where COVID's still around, like 2021, or a year if, where Omicron has pushed everything back, like 2022, because they just don't have the capital to to throw events uh, in the same way. And honestly, a lot of the people who ran regionals might not have even stayed in Smash throughout the pandemic. So, yeah, I, I agree that the past two years, you know, there's no way we can talk about them without talking about how weird they were. Uh, and 2023 is, is why kind of I think I'm more okay with what's going to happen right what we're seeing uh might be a little weird to people who have joined the melee in the past few years um you know this is not a year that you've probably seen if you joined through slippy or if you joined even a few years before because we are missing a lot of the the tent poles of uh of what melee used to look like right you know there's not the majors every couple weeks like there used to be. Um, but the fact of the matter is that Melee has been like that for such a long time. And we're actually getting back to a point, uh, which I haven't seen since before the pandemic, 
which is all these regionals. And and I don't think it's we mentioned it, right? I don't think it's bad for something to be a regional because what I mentioned here, we saw, you know, we saw Ginger, uh, Zamu, we saw Ben, we saw multiple different top 100 players at out of the blue. We saw uh, Moki beat Amsa. That's literally two top 10, top five, maybe players. Uh, we saw Aklo. We saw none. We saw that a different, uh, we saw Zuppy who just had an amazing run of collision, right? We, we saw all these people. And then you get uh, another tournament the same day, which is Cody Schwab, maybe one of the best players in the world. You've got Crudo, who's a very good player. And you've got a bunch of players uh, like Craig and Mott Money and stuff like that who are on the come up. Um, and, and these types of things we didn't really have, right? We had last year, we had Cody talk about how regionals didn't even matter. And that they shouldn't Dude. be accounted for rankings, uh, which I like. We can plan on that all we want, but the what I love to see is that the the difference in, between this year and last year is um, that people are are pretty willing to throw their weight behind smaller events, which they weren't in years before. And honestly, that's probably a good sign for the scene to survive, right? You know, having these events bolstered by Panda Cup and and Smash World Tour stuff that obviously you know didn't end up. Um, I'm not sure if that's healthier than having events that are smaller, local, homegrown, that have top players who want to go to them. Edwin, what do you think? I think in addition to in addition to a player like Cody Schwab going to regionals now and competing with a lot of rising talent, we're seeing someone like Cody Schwab stream these regionals. This is a very interesting dynamic that, I, that I've started to take note of. It's not necessarily new. It has been done before in Smash. But the extent to which I'm seeing it pop up uh, is really quite fascinating. You have Kilroy being streamed on Mango's channel. You have Cody streaming these regionals that he's going to. Obviously, this is a little different, but you have HBox streaming his Netplay Weekly. Mon- we, don't, Major. we don't have to get an... Yeah, it's major. Yes, we don't have to get into the quality of the of this weekly and how it compares as a competitive standard to other things. But we're we're seeing the, uh, the these top we're we're seeing them sort of as the lines between stream producer and event runner and top players becomes a little blurred in this post summit age. We're seeing this very interesting new di- dynamic, and I'm fascinated to see how it continues for the rest of the year, whether whether it's at mm-hmm. majors or or whether it's just at regionals. I wonder. Um, you know, I, I had this thought the other day that. Like, Smash has always had events catered around charismatic individuals or branded around individuals, right? The the most obvious ex- example of this is Ludwig. But even but even back in the day, like in the West Coast, but in the Brawl era, you had events like Nice Shot Hugo or Good Shit German, Don't Go Down There, Jeff. In our generation of Smash, you know, before the pandemic, we had something like the Roast of Hugo Gonzalez, and we had um, we we had the Mango series. So, so I almost wonder if if as regionals kind of become more common, and as majors as as majors, you know, transform into something something a little different than what we're used to in the past. I almost wonder if the, if this age of top players attending regionals and streaming them if we start getting events catered more around around these these sort of key influencers within our scene mm-hmm. and i wonder i wonder what kind of dynamic that that adds to the to this post summit ecosystem we have i'm i'm very curious connor um i have you noticed this too am i tripping here is, is this a real thing uh, yeah i don't know i mean i see where you're going i i think individually branded stuff is cool but i think um I, I don't really see it ever becoming like the bread and butter or whatever of the scene or like the premiere events. Obviously, there's like long. Not thin... like Genesis or Big House. Yeah. 
I, the one exception is uh, there's long been rumors of uh, uh, Ludwig's million dollar yeah. event or whatever. That's probably their ambitions for that are extremely high. I've talked to Aiden a lot about it. Uh, not a lot. I, I've talked to Aiden about it a little bit. Um, if they ever do pull it off, um, that will probably. I would guess it would be a one-time thing. Frankly, um, I'd be happy to be wrong. Um, but beyond that, like Mango will run his thing sometimes. We saw like him try and do net play. It was crypto sponsored, so it was a little, you know. Uh, but I think if we become dependent on um, branded events like that, then we start running into trouble when those people want to stop uh, because they can't really pass the reins off. If, if there's a tournament called the mango and mango wants to retire, what do you do? Like the lucky that's not going to be as popular. I'm, I love Joey. I think Joey's really fun, but it's not going to be, it's not going to wow. be the same strays on the flip side though. If Sheridan, for example, wanted to stop running Genesis, he could give it to someone else and it could still be called Genesis and hold the same uh, prestige that it has and uh, probably be fine. And almost nothing would change except that Sheridan would no longer, Sheridan and Bobak would no longer be at the helm or whatever. Uh, that kind of thing I think is more sustainable and healthier than depending on individuals. Can you imagine if there is a major that Armada ran, and then he retired in 2018, and that major is now gone. Android that, that would suck. Great. Yeah, I mean it's. I got an Android con. Sure you, you could you could keep it going, but it wouldn't be the same. Uh, one person Me and Wait would be there that I want to shout out. Android con. Zane 100%. actually, I think every week or every other week or something yes, has the cave on on his channel, and I think that's really cool. I think that should happen more. I think in the absence yeah. of BTS Smash, or and they, they're still around, but you know, with them becoming less available or less whatever, I think putting stuff on Ludwig or Mango or Zane or Cody or whoever the fuck wants it, uh, I think that's cool. I think it's a cool solution, and I think uh, we should do more. Or Level One TV, great no. channel. That's fine. We'll pass. <laughs> Uh, one thing that we mentioned a couple episodes back, we we had Magi on in a um, an episode that probably will go down as second most unfortunate uh, behind the the lost COVID denial episode uh, because we we talked about the importance of uh, you know like esports teams in, in current day melee and uh, in that episode uh, Edwin and I and, and Magi of course but I but I posed the question to Edwin you know if he feels more confident in the you know, traditional esports companies, um, I guess, kind of like your C9s and your <laughs> unfortunate TSM and CLG, um, or the creator-backed esports companies that are popping up. Um, you know, most moguls, most oh, Jesus Christ, moist, moist moguls. moguls. Hey, it's not. Yeah, I don't think it's a good name. <laughs> it's uh, it's their fault, not mine. We should call it. Moimo. I'm pretty sure I answered the organization. You did. I answered, you answered the, the organization. I, I pushed back on it just a little within bit. Within a week, I love to be right. <laughs> so, but yeah, within a week. Oh my god! One thing I think that we we've learned from that is that 
it's kind of unprecedented. And and what we're going to come up with in the near future is something that I, I think is going to be really hard to to predict and something that looking at the past might not be incredibly um, emblematic of what's going to happen in the future. Because in terms of, of what I view from you know, esports or streamer culture as a whole is that it really just does seem to be moving more and more towards these uh, specific brands of these influencers, um, you know, more than it was years ago. And I wonder, and not, not something where I believe that Genesis is suddenly, you know, going to be called like, you know, Hbox's uh, Funhouse or whatever. Um, although I would go to Hbox's Funhouse. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why Genesis would be the one to change. Yeah, it why Genesis? The hey, they the got bought house. out. <laughs> He's got a lot of money. I don't know what to tell you. He just got a new job. <laughs> Team Liquid Which presents. We'll, we'll talk about later. But um, you know, you know, I don't, I don't think that'll be uh, a thing that's going to happen because the the brands of Genesis and Big House are so strong. Um, but when you talk about brands, you know, it might be something where uh the branding of these these um content creators is so strong that they might be uh you know edging out anything that wants to pop up any any new thing we haven't really seen like a new large major um and i wouldn't be surprised if we do see um companies try to get in and, and try to do that or if not run a major just because it's so um you know, so much involved, uh, but maybe more companies that want to do what Moist Moguls does, right? Want to sponsor a top player and get to brag about it. And everyone says, oh, that's Ludwig's guy. And then you watch a video on Ludwig's channel about how he did well and stuff like that. I think that people have such a strong connection to personal brands, uh, more so than they do to the brands that like a C9 or Evil Geniuses used to have that were more analogous to like real life sports. Wait, not only do, do I think what you, not only do I think what you said is exactly on the money, I would also want to add that the the value of the event to a prospective sponsor or advertiser, it's a I think it's a little it almost it's almost as if the personal brand of the the influencer behind it provides a shield of sorts, right? Because then what because then the value to the advertiser isn't is it the danger of the smash IP or necessary or not as much as it would be for another event. The value of the event is that it's Ludwig, or that's another influencer, or it's mm -hmm. that, or it's that that people want to tune in to see what Charlie is up to, right? Just using that as a random example. So, so in a sense, like I don't think it's a, it's not a, a coincidence that influencers, when it comes to streaming other video games or or wandering into this murky territory, are able to, uh, they don't have to deal with the same constraints that an organization that's maybe more grassroots and and has less of that shield than than those influencers ha has to deal with. I, I don't think, or excuse me, if, if I could just find another way to, to put it, I don't think it's a coincidence that those influencers give some semblance of plausible deniability to another sponsor or another advertiser sure. that wants to get involved, if that makes sense. I, that, I think that's a great point. I also think the other reason, something that we mentioned that I want to touch on real quick, you said that we don't see very many big tournaments pop up. It's because of how much goddamn money it costs to run one of those things and what I financial agree. risk you're... It has, which is something I think, that nothing it... to do with anything else except for the price tag. That's literally Yeah, it. which is something that the these large influencers have, right? Uh, uh, yeah, but even why would they do that? They These events always lose money. There's no reason for an influencer like Ludwig, except for Ludwig... There's, sorry, I should sure, say there's no yeah. reason for someone like fucking Moist Critical or uh, um, no. Disguised Host to invest 
like what five hundred thousand dollars into something that's going to lose at minimum twenty thousand, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. Like it is, it is the majors that we are comfortable with that we have come to expect uh, are not sustainable in the way that they exist right now and it, with the price tag that um, organizers are that's and we can this is a good transition to shine because I think shine hey you don't do this another example around here sorry you're right I'll let you do it but I think I just think it's crazy to, to say like oh why aren't we seeing new majors it's because they're well, really expensive <laughs> really I, expensive I I think it's a bit of a mischaracterization as I'm not saying that suddenly there's, there's going to be like a major and it's going to be run by XQC or something right you know sure. I, I don't believe that that's to be the case but I do think that Evo is a good example of kind of what is a path forward it's kind of like um, how it exists in in the actual celebrity world and not the e celebrity world is that it really doesn't matter how much any of these celebrities put into it but having a like a, a palpable name to throw along. Like uh, we, we see this a lot of times in startups where it's like, hey, come to Blaze Pizza. LeBron owns it. LeBron's not <laughs> making the pizza, right? It's yeah. like, but but having fair. a name that you can throw around, it's very helpful to uh, for, for brands because it is you associate with the person um, who it's, it's a lot easier to associate with that. So yeah, I mean, does Pokemane run Evo? No, but do people associate Pokemane with Evo? You know, do, do fighting against players, I guess, associate Evo with Pokemon is probably a better way to put it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that you know, that could be something that we see more in the future if anyone wants to get into anything or if, like, say, you know, uh, you have a tournament that already exists, probably not in the melee space. That might be a little too small to garner anyone. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we see more large streamers connect, even if it's in name only, right, just, like, brand partnerships. Um, and that could be a future of, of seeing stuff like that. We already saw, like, Mr. Beast uh kind of cover a lot of the ludwig event but yeah you're right it, it's an interesting thing and i think that we are going to find out more and more uh how this is going to affect the scene because the brands of these uh, these individuals are bigger than they've ever been and i you know i struggle to see um that ever changing especially as the brands of our large tournament series are, are kind of waning and uh you know speaking of one of the largest brands we have in the scene we are coming off of uh some pretty big news and this was i believe last week which uh shine announced their their um upcoming year 2023 and in the same announcement they did also announced that it will be their final year so they ran in uh 2016 2017 2018 2019 and uh, I believe they only came back last year. They did not run in 2020, obviously, or 2021. But 2023 is going to be their final year. This is something where, um, you know, if you are probably a lot of people in the Smash scene, you might not know of a Smash World without Shine. A lot of the people who are probably watching content, a lot of the people who are entering tournaments, um, you know, a, a ton of us have obviously been around since before then. But 2016 is a time where, you know, Smash is at its biggest and people are getting in. Um, Edwin, you are obviously someone who, uh, is, you know, very close to shine. That is, that is kind of your major new England has been represented, uh, by shine more than like anything else. What is your reaction to the news of shines? Um, their, their final year. Yeah. So it's sad. Shine was my favorite tournament to attend every year. Uh, not only because of hosted in my home region but because i really thought that out of all the majors that i've been to shine consistently delivered in the best playing experience whether that was playing in tournament or playing friendlies or the stay in your lane brackets or whatever 
Shine was really the player's major, in, in my opinion. So, obviously, heading into talking about any major, my, my heart is always going to go out to New England because it's, it's the major that I got into the scene through. But with Shine in particular, the, the thing that you, if you have to know something about what this tournament did every single year, whether it was in Boston or it was in Worcester, it really excelled at delivering a major made for people who want to play the game with their friends and play the game with other people. And I think that's a that's a presence, at least within the, the North American scene, that I'm I'm really gonna miss and I think it's a it's a shame that the series is ending after this year. I can't say I'm too surprised given the the trajectory of the series as well as the fact that the DCU contract the the contract they have with the venue was was set to expire uh, at the end of this year, and I know just personally speaking, a lot of the people behind the series, including the head organizers, are just at different points in their life right now where they they want to move on from this, and I just think that um, I can't really blame them for it. I think it's a shame just overall for the for the scene, but I will um, I'll I'll celebrate some of my some of my favorite Smash memories came at the Shine series every year. And I'll always look back on it fondly. Looking forward to the Monday Morning Marth top 50 shine moments. Um, speaking into existence, making you do it. Let's say top 100. Let's make you do a lot of work. Um, <laughs> Connor, what are your thoughts on this? So, so shine has been one of the largest majors in terms of both prominence in the melee scene, but also in terms of just pure entrance um, for yeah. the last couple of years it's been around. What are, your, what are your thoughts on this being the last year for it? You know, I... Um... I have never been to Shine. I remember when it was first announced in 2016, I was still in high school. Um, and I thought, wow, I've always wanted to go to Boston. I've never been to Boston still. Uh, so I'd love to go to this someday. Uh, and, but it, it was always, you know, super expensive to fly out to for me because West Coast to East Coast is just like super deep. Um and I'm really sad to because see it go. Port, Portland airport's kind of expensive. Don't just blame yeah. it the East Coast. No, but I mean, it's, I, I'm spending no more that, or no less than like 300 bucks on a ticket at absolute minimum to go from anywhere on the West Coast to anywhere on the True. East Coast. Um, which, to a high schooler, is a lot of money. Uh, but uh, I, I, I mean, what we talked about it before. These things are huge financial risks. We saw Shine move from it was at the waterfront in Boston, right, for some of its years, and it has moved to a pretty deep suburb, to my understanding, of Boston now to save money. It's in Worcester, the different city, just they're more active yeah. there. Yeah, right. So I, I think that speaks to me about like how difficult it was to keep running, and um, it's impressive to me that they were able to take something with. Uh, no history, uh, sort of. It, it had Matt.zeb attached to it for the first several years, and Matt.zeb mm -hmm. had a lot of really good uh, history in the scene. Um, but they, they went from basically nothing to one of the four biggest tournaments of the year, I'd say. Um, and yeah, not counting summits. I think, I think that... Uh, should be should not be counted out and i think they should feel good about the, what they were able to do with the product and i think it's fine to uh say all right good run it's sad i i wish they could keep going i wish it wasn't such a huge risk and so much work for uh you know not usually not a lot or negative um 
but um i don't know i think it you mentioned the stay in your lane thing i think that's super cool i've always been like aiden and i when we were running tournaments mainly aiden he, he was always thinking of crazy ideas we were trying to find ways to make um every player experience better and i think shine really um found the exact right balance where it's like not a whole lot of work to put together comparatively to some other potential experiences um but it gives a lot of people the option to do a lot more with their venue fee or their time or their entry or whatever you you value um and I think that's something that we should uh, respect about the Shine series. And, you know, context matters. And I don't think Shine ending is necessarily a, a, a dooms, like, sure. a death knell for other majors. But I will say something that I have noticed is... Uh, People, uh, people don't know how much these things cost, and they don't—they aren't willing to pay what I would call an appropriate price for a major mm-hmm. most of the time. Well, it, you know, speaking of that, I think one of the things that is is really kind of poignant when we talk about uh, how Shine is is, is you know uh, ending up is how it started, and I, I think this will probably be lost on a lot of people who were not around at the time. But because they probably know Shine is this really big thing. Uh, but yeah, Shine, as I mentioned, it started in 2016. And for those who weren't around, it had a pretty unique uh, way of, of going about kind of the transparency in, in how much costs are, are associated with this, which in 2016, a year where, you know, it was, was I, I think you could call 2016 the biggest year for Melee, probably by far, um, was pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if a lot of people were able to grasp just how much this was. You know, maybe you could ask the the average person; they might understand that these events uh, can lose money. But I, I think that Shine they introduced themselves and they they basically said that they wanted to throw a major in Boston uh, and was pretty upfront about how much it's going to cost and were pretty upfront about how much they were going to lose. They they were willing to to lose a lot the first year, um, and I believe that they. You know, Edwin, you might remember more than me. I think there was like a pre-reg aspect of it where they like needed a bunch of people to to like actually, you know, said that they were going to go basically before they were ever going to to start, um, which was very odd to see. And that transparency now, in when talking about it, its ending, uh, I don't know. It it, it feels a little um, you know touching to talk about this whole thing or this this major that started. Um, in a very expensive part of the city, which was very open about the fact that it was losing money. Uh, you know, maybe in a fact, in, in a way that we like should be grateful that it ran this long. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how it came into the scene, how it's leaving the scene. Um, and Edwin, I don't know if you have any thoughts specifically. This is obviously, you know, some you're, you're from uh, new England. You are someone who has been playing before 2016. So, so this major popping up was probably pretty important, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on just, you know, the way that they got into the scene, I remember it was being very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reason it was so special for New England and, like, Boston at the time is because 
Yep. There had been events like Viva La Smash to Closing that ran in New England in, in the past. That you could find regionals with top players there, or things that maybe retroactively we would look at as majors. But the scene for for, for, for a regional scene as sort of historic as New England, uh, it never had a really bonafide major like Shine before. It was a first for a scene that had been around mm-hmm. for basically as long as any regional scene in America. So it was it was almost like, finally, New England has been in the scene for so long, this was the major that put it on the national map. And I think there there's a certain kind of, there was a magic to the first Shine when it happened. It was in the seaport. It was in Boston. It was in. It was. In, it was for a scene that had that had its own big history in in the rest of the community. But it was finally front and center in front of everyone. You had people from the West Coast coming. I remember. I remember being so excited that PPU was coming for some reason. This is back when PPU was in that contention for top 15 top top 10 spot or whatever and i remember that for some reason ppu and s2j being there was like oh my god and then we and then we learned that mango was going oh it was just yeah it's some of my some of my favorite memories are, are the anticipation anticipation i had for shine i remember i actually housed ambi for for that shine as well this wow is be- this is before that was pre-melee we melee stats yeah, this is before we became a lot closer. But yeah, I, I housed him when I was still living with my parents. Well, I wow. guess my parents housed him. But 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 yeah. So I have a lot of I have a lot of fond memories of the series. A lot of a lot of personal times that I look back upon, and uh, it's a little sad knowing that you know those times are over. But yeah, it was a great contribution to the scene. It was just really something so spectacular, and I think. When you look at some of the best majors, like the really big events from 2016 to now, but but really more so like the back end of the 2010s, you think of Genesis, you think of Big House, you think of Evo even near the end, and then after that you kind of have Gommel and you have you have Shine and SmashCon all kind of in this sphere of really big majors that aren't Genesis or the Big House or Evo, and mm-hmm. I think that I think that Shine did a really wonderful job cementing its place within. In the scene and though i'm sad it won't be around I'm, I'm happy that it happened at all and you know i i think i don't think this will be the last time a major is held in new new england or, or boston or worcester i think i think it will happen again i even if it's not shine something something new will come out of it the scene is just it's too big it has too many too many dedicated people it has too many different generations of contributors as well i think I think um, New England will come back from this. I really think so. And I think this last shine is going to be a really great one. Yeah, I, I'm hoping to make it out. I was looking I at think flights. Be, I think it should be good. Um, the, the community is very supportive in times like these, uh, which is always, I mean, hey, that's why we survive, right? You know, the community is always pretty supportive, but really kicks into gear when necessary. And I think that's why we're still here, why we can still talk about Melee. But um, speaking of stuff that is kind of still here, uh, we have been seeing in the past couple of years fewer and fewer large brands stick around, and uh, you know, even even stuff this year, um, we didn't see Pound, we didn't see Double Down, of course, two VGBC tournaments, which were uh, end up being like relatively big last year in terms of their importance to the scene, and uh, Main Stage, Main Stage, a, a tournament that honestly you could probably make a claim for that being 
the most important tournament of last year, even if it wasn't as big as Genesis or Big House or, you know, stacked as a lot of Wake's event. Um, main stage, what it represented last year was kind of a, a beacon of hope during, you know, a time when people thought that Melee was not going to survive. Um, and, and, you know, in a kind of cruel twist of fate, main stage actually was the one that was not fit to survive. And we won't be seeing main stage that year because of uh, BTS. Shine is obviously, you know, going to their last year. And uh, and I think that there could be some questions about the future of events like Riptide and, and stuff like that. Um, so, Connor, I have to ask you, uh, are majors dying? No. I mean, one thing that does worry me a little bit, I don't, I don't want to sound the alarm or anything, but um, there's... Uh, a generation of organizers that have been around for a long time, Sheridan, Bobak, Juggle mm-hmm. Guy, Nintendude, that um, typically are the people who are directing these majors. Um, and they are able to do that because they have careers and good paying jobs and stability. Usually. Um, and if that generation of organizers decides, hmm, we've done this for 10 iterations, because 10 just happened last year, um, Genesis 10 is coming up, I think that's a good time for me to stop. Um, then I feel like the next generation of organizers, people like myself or, um, you know, Stock or whoever uh sorry my mind is <laughs> turning a plague can only think of yourself i you know, we, we, i am not a lot of people around financially years yeah i i don't know i mean i'm not ready to take on the financial uh burden of a major i couldn't afford the losses that like people like sheridan come to expect um so if we come into a situation where these long-term organizers decide that they don't want to do it anymore for whatever reason. Um, it might not be, we might have a, a little lull, like a couple years where they're, cause it takes, uh, at minimum 18 months, uh, to plan a major. You, you have to, you have to decide and have a date. Um, I would say, I think, 18 months before the date. Um, and uh, so if tomorrow Sheridan said, hey, Genesis 10 is happening on these days in 2024, and then after that, our contracts with the venue is over, so we're going to stop. Then, uh, you know, if, if I or Aiden or whoever the fuck wanted to try and do Genesis 11 we would have to come up with like a shitload of money in six months before we could sign a contract. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, just like, for example, Aiden could, Aiden is, is, is one of the people, but I don't think he wants to, you know, it's a lot of work and it's not a lot of, um, you know, people talk shit and it feels bad and, and you lose money and, uh you don't hit your viewership or your attendance goals or whatever and it just like it doesn't feel very good there are things that feel good about running tournaments i love running tournaments and i'll probably never stop but 
there are reasons for majors in particular that I think uh, very few people can and are willing to put themselves out there to do. So I think it, it's a valid fear. But, I mean, the, it'll, the things will come around. I mean, we used to call Big House Big House 1. We consider that a major, right? Would you consider that a major? Well, no. No? Lovage is Lovage not a major one. winner. Uh, okay. Uh, Lovage over Johnny is, in, in Grands is not how many, a major. How many people went to Big House 2? I, I would say there's like seven majors at the Big House. Or like eight. Big House I, 2 was Mango H-Box. And then Man, after Mango that, H-Box, Fly s Big House 3 was 100% a major. Yeah, Big House 3 had PB All right. H-Box. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Let's let's look at the Big House 3. How many people well, How many people do you think entered Melee singles at the Big House 3? Take uh, a guess, please. Any number. 300? Uh, that's your guess? Like 220? I don't know. Okay, both of you, super wrong, way too high. The Big House 3 had fewer entrants than Smash Camp did. It had 172 entrants. So uh, what we call a major, if it's really just about the quality of the players there, then yeah, we'll, we'll have majors for, we'll have seven majors a year for the rest of time. I, I have no doubt in my mind. If you care about entrant count, we might have to start, uh, you know, crowding more or being more okay with caps. I, I think... Mm-hmm. The size of the venues is uh, is uh, is bigger than we can actually afford, or the, than the Smash community is willing to pay for. Because, frankly, I think every major, except maybe Genesis, and even then, I actually think Genesis too. Everyone undercharges. Where uh, Smashers get such yeah. an incredible deal going to these majors, they're only paying like maybe a hundred dollars to be in. Uh, a 60,000 square foot, 30,000 square foot, whatever, uh, convention center in a downtown area um, for three days. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. Yeah, I think ticket, ticket <laughs> sale, I think ticket, um, ticket sale, or excuse me, ticket prices, right? I, I guess the, the functional equivalent for, for Smash is like very low compared to... I think to they are close to half of what market standard would be yeah, for it's quite, a similar quite low. It's crazy. Um, and it's reflected in like the, uh, um, you know, some of the anemones and some the pay that staff is getting. Like, um, I don't know. Uh, there is this reminds me of a a Reddit thread that Aiden uh, posted in long ago for Flatiron Yeah, where he said yeah, okay, that the this. stream at any given tournament is a gift from the organizers. That was true for many, many years, and that still, to an extent, is true. But with the advent of uh, Beyond the Summit, like being able to actually convert into real money and being a partnered stream and having an ad minimum and everything, that that starts to pay for the stream. But it's still very expensive, and I think uh, if unless we start getting uh, sponsors. Aiden just really wanted to see Comaster hugs. Hey, he really, do you actually really do you want to know a secret? I, I I don't know how this got missed, but I said in that thread also that I was the one picking the matches because I was a stream runner for Endgame TV. 
I picked Hugs versus Callmaster because because three weeks earlier they played in Portland and had a game fifteen grand finals that was awesome. It was so good. Uh, so fuck the haters. That set should have been good, and uh, you know whatever. <laughs> it's impossible to know what sets at any given tournament are going to yeah, be worth watching. I, I think that Xbox got clowned on because. Uh... For whatever reason, okay, maybe he got clouded on because he was there, like, and someone listened to him. But I believe for uh, Genesis this past year, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to wreck Two Saint. Don't put that on stream. And, and ended up being wrong. But, but yeah, no, I agree. There's there's no way to really figure out what's going on. Uh, one thing I will say, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on a lot. I'm going to fight you on one specific thing, so I'll fight you first. Um, Big House 3, I believe, was not known for having a lot of depth. The reason why we consider it a major... Uh, was because it had a lot of top-level talent. And if we're going by what makes a major in 2013 a major in 2023, we're already dead. <laughs> like, we can't use that as, as, a, as like, a, a way of talking about our, our events. But uh, one thing I'll agree with you with is uh, 100% we are not paying enough. And and I know that's, you know, it, it's hard to, to put all this together and say, you know, we've got a scene where if you don't go to a certain number of majors then um, people will consider you, like, fallen off or retired, right? It's it's this really fucked situation of um, you kind of constantly have to be going to stuff, and that applies to players who are in, like, lower-level top 100, lower-level top 50. We expect them to go to all these things without ever seeing money from it, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's this kind of... It's this thing where, you know, so... Very, 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 very few people in Melee can actually make a living off of it. Uh, and yet we expect someone who's going to be, like, ranked 78th in the world. It's like, no, you have to attend, like, four different things, which includes the cost of a flight, a hotel. Flight and housing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like to be ranked top 100 these days, you have to live in a region that has a large regional at minimum. And it's also always, be yeah. well enough off to travel. Yeah, your paladin, it, your like paladins of the world are always going to be at, at a disadvantage if they're not like. It's, it's a fucked situation always in terms of that, and then people say like, "Hey, what? I think you should make more than like three to four majors necessary because Plup, I don't think went into enough. It's like, all right, I don't, Plup's not the. I'm not worried about Plup here. Yeah, um, but um, I, I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier, I've I've thought about a lot, and. Um, we are going to probably get to a, a, a point in, in Melee pretty soon um, where we have anchor majors. And, and we might see those as the things that every single person goes to. Kind of the ways that we, it used to be the ways that, you know, it was before I was going to majors. Was that you kind of had these really, really important ones. You had like your Apex and your, you know, Genesis or your Pound or something like that. and Which everyone would go to. Um and I think other than that, we're, we're going to see a, a pretty big dip. I, I don't think that we are going to see a lot of majors. I don't think there's going to be suddenly a major necessarily to replace Shine. Although the one thing I'll say about that is Shine was in 2016. What happened the year before Shine was 2015. Um, HTC Throwdown, Paragon, What the Fox, FC Smash, uh, Ballerina Melbourne, like Sandstorm, uh, you know, Beast, <laughs> right? Like... It, I, all these tournaments yeah. don't exist. So Shine was the tournament that came up to, um, you know, be the new version of a lot of tournaments that stopped existing. SmashCon that was their first year as well. They kind of were the same thing. Um, 
So it's very possible that that Shine could be replaced by a tournament in the next few years that wants to do that. But probably the most realistic situation is that we are going to kind of see what we've seen already, where everyone goes to Genesis, everyone goes to Big House. Uh, maybe you know you throw in like maybe Battle BC or Gommel or or SmashCon as these things are you know Riptide maybe, uh, especially now that they don't have the competition Shine going forward after this year. Um, you know we we might see our majors get a little more yeah. stacked and a little bigger. Um, because they're fewer and far between, and because of that, hopefully people are willing to, you know, pay the costs associated. You know, if, if you're only going to, if there's only like five to six majors, and you're going to a couple of them, I hope that people are able to understand that the costs associated with that are probably going to be a little more expensive. And then, luckily, we have all these regionals that people are now, you know, willing to go to without thinking that they're 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 above it. Um, and that's probably how we're going to see a lot of the the scene. It's probably going to be, you know, you see your friends every, you know, three, four times a year at stuff that everyone goes to. And then you go to your regionals that you can drive to or, hey, take a train to Amtrak sponsored by uh, CEO. Hey, or CEO, CEO sponsored by Amtrak. Sponsored by Amtrak. <laughs> Thank you, Bailey. Yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I do think yeah. that the, the entire landscape is going to be different in a way that hopefully prioritizes fewer larger tournaments. And because of that, I hope that they are able to charge more and i hope that the scene is able to pay more um because that's the only reason that these tournaments can sustain right you know we, <laughs> we're we're in a year where or we've been in years where we have majors all the time and you're right having uh, a tournament downtown for three days in a huge convention center that people don't go to because there was one the week before is not a way to, to succeed yeah so uh, hopefully going forward we see fewer further between and because of that larger and more sustainable yeah, and I think uh, another thing that I, I'm actually personally exploring, expanding more, is the destination tournaments. You know, your Smash Camps and your Riptides. I feel like going to a place where there's stuff to do that's not just sit in a room and play Smash, but also having a room where you can sit and play Smash all weekend yeah. makes it better i mean people people are more willing to go to that and we want to do more of those because they're fun and, i don't uh, think i want to go to a major again if you did that he has told me time and time again he refuses to go to riptide he's just like not for me okay they don't force you to go in you're missing the out water bark you're missing out you can drink in yeah. the venue aaron makes you like just go down the water slide i don't i don't want to <laughs> aaron's gonna put you sorry in the dunk you have tank. to Actually, if you come to Riptide this year, no. we'll, we'll we'll put you in the dunk tank for sure. Oh no! <laughs> we're yeah, we're gonna like uh, we're gonna put a bunch of of uh, I don't know. Okay, forget what I'm saying. It was a really funny idea. One of the things like the the circles, <laughs> the, like the, the lazy river, the lazy river things. We're gonna put a bunch of those on top of him, and he's not gonna be able to move. We're just gonna push him around. Oh my god, that's um, horrifying. Forty gay <laughs> just thinking about it. But yeah, I, uh, well, okay. Um, I agree. I think those tournaments are amazing. I hope that they stick around. I know that Riptide specifically has uh, a relatively good deal in terms of what they have because that it is a destination that people that they want people to go to, and it's a destination that the uh, you know Kalahari Resort wants people to go to during a kind of a dull time. Um, yeah, I hope that we are able to find deals like that and and, and continue with with stuff that does not lose money um, because. You know, there's, there's, right? There's no sense in continuing all this, uh, all this majors if, if we keep losing money. Um, but it's, uh, it's not as if money doesn't exist in Smash, because 
there was an announcement this past week of a um, a pretty lucrative deal uh, headed by someone who is very important to Smash. So Fresh Cut, if you remember, they um, they were a tournament or not a tournament series. They they are a um, couple different things, I believe. They went through a couple different iterations, and they're finally kind of a um, a content organization. They're kind of a content um, aggregator, maybe is the best way to put it. Uh, gamer TikTok, to put it in, in terms that are probably actually clear. Um, yeah, they've been around for a little bit. I, I believe they were helping out with Smash World Tour. I think that they had um, they had a segment there that they that they sponsored, and uh, we've seen them uh, also do a couple other things for tournaments in the past in terms of sponsorships. But Fresh Cut this past year has went all in on Melee or on Smash, I guess, and uh, has announced that they are going to have a one hundred thousand dollar. Smash Fund, headed by their chief Smash organizer. Oh my god! Oh my god! Their chief Smash organizer. <laughs> their chief Smash organizer, Juan Hungrybox Debienma. Uh, we have they have already announced that they are going to be running basically kind of a uh, souped up version of the Melee Stats Free Agent Showcase, uh, which is does still exist. Keep an eye out. <laughs> uh, they are going to be sponsoring some players in, in the future by giving them, uh, I believe it's like $2,000 a player to go to yep. majors, which we talk about the cost associated with a major. Uh, honestly, $2,000 probably not very far off. might sound like a lot per, uh, to, to people who don't go to majors. I, I was thinking I about think, it. I think it's yeah. a bit much. <laughs> I, I, I think, think it's, it's definitely, it's way more than most people would spend. I think you could... I, I use SmashCon for an example. I could yeah. go to SmashCon and pay and not split hotel for a thousand dollars. I could, yeah. I could pay for myself to go to SmashCon for about a thousand dollars. Um, I think two thousand dollars a month. I, I wonder what strings are attached. I wonder what they can use that money on. If it's literally just like here's two thousand dollars a month, try and use it to go to tournaments. I, I can't imagine there's. $2,000 worth of money to spend on tournaments in December or November, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder what they're going to do for those months. But I think it's great. I think it's cool. Yeah. I wonder how many people are going to get it because in the reply to Hungerbox, how he's picking is interesting. He, he just tweeted about it and said, yeah. whoever has the most replies. Uh, but in a follow-up, he said, the eight people that have the most replies yes. will be qualified for i guess probably a next round because if he picks all eight that's two hundred thousand dollars almost edwin do you want to say something yeah yeah i uh look i think it's great when money is thrown into the smash scene just in a vacuum i think money going to players that otherwise would not have the opportunity to travel there's gonna be a butt i think that is a great thing but I uh, also think that it's very <laughs> funny that Hungrybox, of all people, seems suddenly in charge of how to use this money and how to present use of the money and how to make decisions with this money. And I think that the incentives that drive Hungrybox to do things for his brand or to make decisions... I'm not always convinced that it's necessarily the most earned way to. Edwin, to use I money. love you. You are being so you're you're tiptoeing around everything. Do you want me to say it? Yeah, because I'll say it. it. And I, you know, I have a 
good working relationship with Juan. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I will say that I think that HBox, being the person who is the go-to, the de facto leader for any company that wants to throw a bunch of money, is probably bad for the scene in the long run. Now, uh, is it bad to throw a bunch of money? No, I'm not saying that. But the one that everyone wants to go through and put their money towards is something that makes me kind of worried about what the scene is going to look like. Um, and and before we get into it, I don't even know what's going on with this Fresh Cup program. Is it one player per month, or is it these players who get paid monthly? Um, they mentioned eight players, but we don't know. Like Connor said, we don't know if that is means all of them get it. Um, we actually don't even know if melee players are involved because I don't know uh, if everyone else is like this, or if, if it's just me who's you know like a uh, been through enough uh, Nintendo abuse to hear Smash and then say like. What type of smash? <laughs> you can't just say smash. Um, so, so we really don't know anything that's going on with this. And and you know, as an organization that also puts money into flying people out to stuff, I think this is super cool. I think yeah, that having course. players at tournaments is amazing. But I do wonder. You know, HBox has the coin box. Coinbase has thrown a ton of money into it, and it really does help a lot of people. Um, you know, you have players who are able to get top eight consistently are probably able to pay bills and go to majors because of that. And that's amazing. It's Cody Schwab's and career. It's, it's true, true. Right it's... now, yeah, it's, it's what's getting him to tournaments, that and, and donations, right? So so that's an amazing thing. Um, but in the wake of everything we've seen, I happen to wonder, especially after Shine announces that they're closing, that they're uh, ending, and specifically mentioned $10,000 in debt, I have to wonder if going through HBox is the best option. You know, he's a player who I think has done a lot of great for the scene. There's no way about, of like, you know, you can't act like he hasn't. But he's also complained a lot about how players don't make enough money. <laughs> he's tweeted about fifth place as CEO, not a big major, making $75, saying it should be more. Um, I know specifically he got eliminated at major upset and immediately walked up to Connor and asked how much fifth or fourth place gets, whatever placing he got. And, I think that's fine, right? You know, if you're a top player, I think that you should be able to live off of the of the money that you make if you are going to be able to place consistently in top eight of major tournaments. I, I think that's a fine thing to, to believe in. I do. But have. I've just seen some things where he'll say that majors should have fifteen dollar, twenty dollar um you know, charges for, for entering uh, specific events and then wants it all to go to the players and it did not help that the first thing that they announced is a player-focused thing. You know, this is probably for players who are not able to go to stuff, which is going to be great. But I do happen to wonder, next thing Fresh can announce, is, is it going to be um, funding a pop bonus? Because that doesn't ever actually help a tournament that much. And it doesn't even... I, in my experience, pop bonuses don't even help players, yeah. like, motivate players to go to your tournament or people to watch your tournament. Aiden um, talked about it a long time ago, that if you have a lot of money as a tournament, or if you get any sort of money, that it, it goes better towards other places, yes. which is making the event good, yeah. than to having players make more. Because whatever money that, um, you know, um, Zane is going to make, the extra $1,000, is probably not going to help the scene as much as adding the extra money towards having a experience that people want to go back to. Or um, an extra 30 so it, setups or whatever. Like, Yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, it, it does really... It's. It, I'm kind of of two minds about this because I think that adding money to the scene is amazing, and I love that people still want to bring bring money to the scene. Uh, but at the same time, if this goes to pop bonuses and if this goes to players and if this goes to other things that I don't think will sustain, in the wake of Shine, literally, you know, saying that they're shutting the doors because of 10k, 
I have to wonder if this money can't be spent better elsewhere. Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I think I, I would not go as far as to say say that I think that it is a bad thing. I think Hungrybox. I did walk that back yeah. a little. <laughs> you walked it back a decent amount, but but yeah, I think that I think for, first off, Hungrybox is allowed to use this money however way he wants. I am not saying <laughs> the scene is not entitled to him spending the money in a certain way, to Ludwig spending money a certain way, or any influencer, any big figure. They are free to spend the money as they say fit and smash. And I think it's a good thing when people throw money into Smash when they they're trying to help the community in the way that they think is right. I also just think that it's it's appropriate, and I think it's okay for us to talk about where this money is going pinpoint where money could go in the scene for things things to go well and and to question the the motives or to question people's judgment i think this is a fine conversation for for us to have i think it's it's okay to see money being put into the scene and not be like actually this is the best thing possible it's good and if you have any questions it's bad I think it's I think it's fine for us to to ha- have these discussions about you know mm-hmm. if, if someone is spending money in a certain way maybe there's another yeah. area that could be good maybe it's maybe it's not the best thing in the world that that a chief smash officer can throw a bunch of money in a prize pot that's going to the top eight places maybe that money is better spent spent uh, trying to compensate people running running a tournament <laughs> or in the you know, shout outs to mm-hmm. a, uh you know speaking to of a couple different things in this segment someone who wants to throw money around a tournament series that doesn't exist anymore shout outs to gtx because <laughs> a very similar thing that we went through was the idea of a company that comes in is touting a lot of money and basically the idea that there's nothing wrong with them and that we have to agree with everything they say um i yeah i think you're right in, in that in yeah, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, you know, I got to mention uh, GTX because it's going to be dope. I just know we're going to get comments on people that will say, you're hating on Hungrybox. He's trying to make the scene better. It's his call of what he wants to. And, yeah, when, and I, we don't get enough viewers to get the haters. <laughs> I guess we haven't gotten, gotten I, them in a while. I, I will say, I think uh, it's probably actually, if I were in Hungrybox's position and a company said, hey, here's... $100,000, we would like mm-hmm. you to spend it in maybe these ways, but it's up to you. I wouldn't immediately be like, okay, maybe I, maybe I would say, okay, let's get some other people involved. But I, I, would, I would think I know what to do. I know how to spend this money. Like, of course, of course, this is mm-hmm. my community. I know exactly what will help them, what will be perfectly optimal. I don't blame them at all, but I do think... Um, maybe it's a blunder on Fresh Cut's part, depending on one singular human being to make decisions about this, as it appears to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying well, that's what it is. I don't know the details behind the scenes yeah. or anything of how this money is supposed to go out. It could purely just be a PR stunt, and Hungrybox exactly. is just like the marketing guy, and uh, you know the people adrian or whoever at fresh cut are are actually deciding where the money goes um and that's fine yeah i i but i i think i'm aware of another organization that wanted to put money in the scene in a vaguely similar way they i think the way they were gonna go about it um made more sense they wanted to put together a uh a council sort of of community, yeah. I don't. I don't want to leak anything, but they want to put together a, a council of people to like basically vote on how the money was, and they they 
split the money in specific amounts for specific things. Like they were going to put X amount of dollars towards uh, to sponsor a tournament. They were going to put X amount of dollars to sponsor a player and they were going to put X amount of dollars to sponsor uh, a bunch of locals. I think that's really cool. And having a council of community members to decide where specifically that is distributed is great and maybe a better way. But I'm not a marketing major. I never figured that. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it actually You didn't graduate college. Yeah, I didn't even go to college. You you didn't go? I didn't graduate. I I Um, went for a year. Edwin wants to say something. Uh, I'm going to let him go right after I say this. <laughs> I I think you are spot on in terms of um, we don't actually know what's going on, right? You know, like well, I'm coming on here and uh, said it's bad for Hbox to run this, and then I walked it back, and I will continue to do so. Uh, but this, for all intents and purposes, could be exactly what we talked about earlier in terms of someone who wants to get into the scene who associates with a known brand, um, and it's worked out well for them, right? We're talking about it here. People have talked about it in the scene. For all we know, Hbox is just the guy who tweets about it, and it, everything's already laid out, right? Maybe yeah. Fresh Cut uh, organization comes to him and says, you're going to spend this much money on this, this much money on this, and then it's just going to look like you chose it. For all we know, that could be the case. Um, so it's really difficult to say. Edwin, what are you thinking? This is really quick. We're going to do a rotation now, okay? We... <laughs> Connor and then me. We're gonna we're going that order. We're gonna say exactly the first three things we we do if we were the chief smash officer of uh, of an organization. We had a hundred thousand dollars. We you go first. I right, take the money and run. All right, take the money and run. Connor, what about I you? I need two more things, right? It was three things. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I take the money and run. I give Ambi a thousand dollars, and uh, I get Webs. Um, I don't know. What would I get him? I get him a nice gift. That would be you're what gonna I get, You're gonna give Andy a thousand dollars over me? Yeah, his wedding present. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, it's not my fault that you got married while I didn't have a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> All right, fair, fair. Connor, what about you? Uh, okay, the first thing I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna pick like four regionals and give them like. $7,000 each or something, $5,000, I don't know, some amount of money. I'm going to give them an amount of money that makes a difference. It's not humongous, but it will help them improve the product. It'll give them a bigger venue. It'll buy them a new room or whatever, you know. Like $10,000 for each of those re- regionals or more? Uh, like 5000 uh, It doesn't 5, need to be. 10000 is a lot. <laughs> $10,000 is a lot. That's like for a tournament like with 200 people or whatever, That's $10,000 is like the entire budget. I don't, I don't want to give them double their budget that's way too much money but so twenty thousand dollars that way we'll sponsor like three players for five events just like they're already doing and then uh for the last 50k uh, i'm gonna buy a train car Um, and you don't get to know why that's all i'll say i think i know why um I mean, when it comes down to it, I think that Fresh Cut is really just a marketing strategy, and it is something that we've seen similar Wait. before, right? You know, how, how many tournaments do you see? I mean, obviously, they're giving 100K, which is more than a more marketing strategy. I want to hear what Edwin wants to do with it. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot he was around. <laughs> what would you do like, with it, what, Edwin? This is what I would do. I'm not even joking. The first thing I would do is ask Aiden Calvin what, what I should do with it. I would ask him, little... and I would keep pestering him. Over and over and over don't, again. If, d- if he didn't, res- if he didn't respond to me the first time, I would do that three times. But if you respond to me after the first or second time, then I would set up a call and then do the first thing that he recommends as my third thing. 
I wouldn't listen to him. I think you're wrong. Don't don't you're make Aiden. Who called Aiden, him pure of heart? He's he's got other things. He wants. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be the one making. I would literally movies. trust Aiden with my life when it comes to. I'm sure you would. He spent seventy thousand dollars on a CS:GO knife. Yeah, come on. Let's. We should. We should not only give Aiden less credit than we are giving him. I love Aiden. I think I respect him a lot. Uh, he's the best of us or whatever. But also leave him alone. <laughs> He he's got a hundred thousand followers on Twitter now. He's got fangirls. Like do we I don't, we don't need to get in his DMs. Anymore. Do I ask Robin Harn? What, what's no, you figure it out. You're smart. Come I can't, on, I can't figure it out. I got to ask Mikey. Ask you know what? Jackzilla. There are if people that don't want to... don't ask Jackzilla. <laughs> I'm not asking Jack. <laughs> All right, how about this? A hundred thousand dollars. We take over a small town in Wyoming. And then from not there, Wyoming. the money's... It's not 100000 Not Wyoming. It's going to Different state. No, pick, no, pick a different no, one. Uh, Edwin, you don't understand it. Is that we don't buy a town. We take it over. We we, we just This is not... Your smash town idea is not... Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We establish yes, precedent for this exact thing. We establish this... enough residents, and then we suddenly... No. We have, <laughs> we have majority. We what have... They call? We elect our own officials. We run the whole thing. We're taxing the people. Uh, we have trains going everywhere. There's racing oh canes God. at the end of every block. This is this is like a weird version of that Liberland thing that I read about a while ago. It's like this it, guy in a this guy around like the Czech Republic or whatever tried to like claim. Ooh, maybe we do it in the Czech Republic. Territory. It sounds yeah, cheaper. He tried to claim like unclaimed territory or whatever as a as a separate nation where cryptocurrency was its official currency or whatever. And it was mm, it was like honestly. That might be very helpful for Smash. It might get us good money. <laughs> yeah, maybe the, the liber- yeah. So the, I yeah, a bunch of countries were like, "This is not worth our time." Like we refuse to acknowledge this. And I think uh, I forget the name of the country, Czechoslovakia, or, or someone was like, that "Yeah, can you?" Or no, it was Croatia. <laughs> Croatia was like, "Can you stop like?" Illegally sneak into our country to try to get to this land. Or sorry, I, I'm ranting. Yeah, Connor, what were you gonna say? Uh, the, to- Go back to Weed's uh, Smash Colt idea. This has happened. This, this, an actual we don't kill ourselves. This has happened in it we happened in ourselves. Oregon in the eighties. Uh, uh, you, you may have seen the Netflix documentary about it, but a group of religious people came to Oregon to a, a small county oh, in yeah. Oregon and, yeah. and decided be in charge. And we could do the same thing in a good state, not Wyoming. Uh, I, land is cheap there, is what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, but, uh, and then we build it in Oregon. It's a good state. Uh, no, Oregon's got a lot of like meth, doesn't it? I'd say that everywhere has Wyoming meth. Doesn't have meth. Come on. True. Yeah. Well, we'll, well, we'll figure. Oregon is Baja California. We, we need, dude. We need to go somewhere where the uh, where the rate on the dollar, like the purchasing power, it has. Yeah, is, Wyoming is crazy. Hokkaido, <laughs> Japan. The yen is so is weak it, right now. Is Hokkaido does the does the U.S. dollar transfer really well in Hokkaido? Hokkaido is a region of Japan. Yeah, so. I, I, I know. I, I yeah, know. <laughs> I think uh, so. Hokkaido is a region of Japan. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you ever been to Japan? I'm sure it's very easy to spend your money there as an American. I see a lot of people travel there and spend a lot of money, or less money than well, you'd think on food. Wait, how do you think of what do you think of Thailand? What if melee stats just gets into Bangkok real estate? They got really good food in Thailand. I think the thing is, is that we need people. It just can't. It's not like a headquarters, right? 
Uh, we need people to move there. Where did Andrew <laughs> Tate move? Wasn't that like in uh, <laughs> I thought he Romania? Went Romania. Romania, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's some... Like, I disagree with him on a lot of things, <laughs> but maybe Romania was right on this one. Oh. You don't have to give it to Andrew Tate. Oh. <laughs> give it to Andrew Tate. I think he's actually... I also... I don't, know, I, don't know about, I don't know about Romania. I don't know if... I don't know if they're, they're big fans of, like, for example, people uh, that, that don't identify as the sex they were assigned at birth. Yeah, I feel like Eastern Europe may that. not be the point. I, I, I just think that we, <laughs> we're charming. We get in there. We change the opinions. <laughs> yeah, Contra, now that they no, mention con- it, I feel like the Smash community may not. May, I mean, you, you never know. Though. I think uh, what... What, what's, what's his name? Pingy? Pingy in, in like, he's he's from like the what? the western part of Russia or something. Kingu? Uh, no, no, Pingy. <laughs> that's his name, the guy. And the, the, there's a smash scene in Russia. Okay. I know that's not quite the same <laughs> someone, thing. As someone is saying the Congo in chat. Ooh, that's maybe. a great idea. Uh, I, actually, I the Congo. <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, a bunch of white people moved to the Congo at some point in the uh, 1800s. It didn't work out well. Um, you think anyway, you know the Kingdom of Belgium, I believe. Uh, yeah, sorry. I feel like um, Ethiopia would be a good place to start a smash scene. Ethiopia is pretty popping. Have y'all ever heard of Liberia? Yeah. Yeah, we can make our own Liberia. Don't All I'm say. saying is. I think that's the same marketing stunt from uh, from Fresh Cut. Oh, certainly. Uh, that's all it is. Because there's also organizations that put in a lot of money, and how they do it is they probably support tournaments, and you don't know about it, right? How many tournaments have you been to, and you see the banner with all the things, and you just glaze on, like your eyes glaze over every single ad that is on stream and every single ad that is on the banner? Um, it happens all the time. So there, I, I guess if I have to give them credit, I want to say they are supporting tournaments, and they just... They have to do it in a way that makes sense with their brand, that it's not just a name on a slide where people are tabbed out and watching Pokemon when Mainly yeah. Singles isn't on, right? Um, or and they it, can and do... it didn't work out, right? Fresh Cut is a known entity when it wasn't a couple months ago. So I want to believe that the reason why it seems weird to us is a marketing stunt to get their name out there, and hopefully the you know that part of this $100,000 will end up going to tournaments. Um, I don't know. I think there's reason to believe that we might our hesitations earlier might have been right, and this might be something that, unfortunately, is a little more player focused. But uh, I don't know. All I'm saying is that I, you know, Fresh Cut, they, I think they're doing well for the scene by uh, putting this money in, and I just truly hope that this goes to something behind the scenes to make these tournaments run, or goes to buying land in that one, you know, wherever we pick and uh, running a Smash City. Kid Nation. But with Smashers. Yeah, I don't I think that ended up well. That one kid drank a little bit of bleach, but I think it ended up fine. What if we try to recreate Firefly, but like make it good and not bad? Are you talking about the... The, the with, festival. Uh, oh, no. Fire, like fire Festival. festival. You oh, mean fire fire Did I say Firefly? I oh thought you were talking God. about the cult classic sci-fi TV show. Yeah, no, I, I, I was like, I don't want the Joss Whedon fans in our mentions. <laughs> also, once again, we do not have enough viewers for anyone to get mad at us. They only get mad at us because our uh, audio stinks sometimes. All right. Uh, yes, Firefest. You know, they're doing a Firefest 2. The guy... Uh, I don't know if he went to jail or whatever, but he's back and he's like Firefest too. Same Let's guy. Go. Yeah, well, it's brand is bigger than ever. Unfortunately, failing is not really an option in terms of uh, social media influencers because it just brings your brand more eyes. 
Uh, all press is good. Failing press, upward, I would love to fail upward. Please, someone blow me up over something tomorrow. Yeah, I'm failing sideways right now. Just give me <laughs> ten times the the following I have, and I, yeah, I can I'm run failing. Smash Camp five times a year. That's a, um, that's a promise. Okay, final final thoughts on on Fresh Cut since we got a little in the weeds. What, I think they know, should is... just do the same thing that uh, Papa John's did. Just do uh, give sure. throw money at tournaments and tell them that they have to do on-screen activations and then it's better probably. But again, I don't have a marketing degree. I'm not the guy. I think Papa John's... I bought Papa John's like eight times last year. Are you kidding? Yeah, I we had an episode where we all ate Papa John's except for Edwin. Yeah, the previous time that I had Papa John's was, I think, literally never. So, very successful marketing. This this fresh cut thing, I I, you know, I looked at it. I downloaded the app for Major Upset. That's all cool. I'll say. It's a little different than you know you you get a lot less as a person who does it than someone who's eating a pizza. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I did, at minimum, when I bought Papa John's, eat pizza. It was... Yeah. Uh, it was fine. I think it's it's uh, all the chain pizza... Oh, my... Uh, we're going to talk for a while. Um, <laughs> Edwin, what, what are your final thoughts on Fresh Cut? Honestly, I don't really have anything else to say. It's just a money-throwing organization in Smash. Hungrybox is in charge of the money, or at least that's what it appears like. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. I, I really don't have anything else to say. Interesting. Hi. I, <laughs> I hope it works out. I think that there is reason to feel hesitancy, but I, I hope that you know we will feel foolish in, in the near future for ever doubting Lord Juan. Um, Hopefully. Now, Connor, we've we've got I'd some love questions. to feel foolish. Yes, we've it's got, my favorite we've got part. some questions from. Uh, yeah, well, I, I will say, uh, the questions aren't great. <laughs> we, not that they aren't great; they're very good. We got like two, so um, here is Only everything that questions? we got. Fuck you. There's a lot going on. There's a really lot going stats? on that kind of distracted people, and uh, we'll come back stronger. I, I, you know, I, I will give the patrons a. a, a I'll give them. I won't take them a test this time. I'll give them the week off. Uh, but our first question is from Danger, and this is a pretty simple one that might have a uh, long explanation. But this is, is this um, going to be a dang three-er or dang dang L? It's, it's not actually. I would say this not is not a dang uh, L. Po- you might actually consider it's possible. But but uh, their question is: How do we fix? Ne- Sorry, how do we fix net play tournaments? I must said melee tournaments. Oh, how do we fix net play tournaments? How do we fix net play tournaments? Oh it's a, God, it's a bit of a loaded question. I think they're trying to get you to say that mm, like Dev Dog deserves $100,000. Okay, so here's my thing about Nightplay Tournaments. When, I'm going to take my time on these because there's only two. When the pandemic first came around, I was in the midst of running a local. I had literally on February 29th, 2020, ran uh, Bridgetown Blitz 5. We wanted to do more of that. We had Emerald City 9. I was in the weeds running my tournaments as a little local organizer guy and then pandemic came out and a bunch of people were like oh well we don't know how long this is gonna be maybe we'll just do like six or seven weeklies uh on netplay instead and at the time right when pandemic struck netplay was still delay based there was no rollback yet slippy had not come out um so i ran three netplay at epic events three of them um 
And, you know, there are connection issues. There's always going to be connection issues. Whatever. It's netplay. Um, but something that happened twice was... I, I won't name names, but there, people uh, that would uh, typically be seated entered under other tags. I don't really have a huge problem with that. It's a little annoying. But the thing that I did have a problem with was these people would play with their roommate, who's also a very good player, alternating, which is super not okay. Banned. Like, insta-ban, in my opinion. It hurts the integrity of the tournament. And that kind of thing is, uh, frankly, impossible to police on netplay. No matter what you do, there's actually nothing you can do to stop people from doing stuff like that, like trading controllers or... um, all, uh, there's a wide variety of things that you can do on that play. You can, uh, in my opinion, widescreen is cheating, not allowed. Uh, turning off screen rumble, that shouldn't be allowed. Um, you can enable, like, there are certain skins that I feel like shouldn't be allowed. There are certain, uh, you can highlight, like, when someone's inactive or when they're, they miss an L cancel or whatever. Those things all should not be allowed in tournament, but they're not policed at all in net play tournaments. And I don't really know how to fix that. Um, so if the question is, how do you fix them is, uh, you don't, or you take them significantly less seriously than everyone is right now. And I just don't see that happening. Um, so my answer is you can't fix net play. You just have to deal with it. That's just how it is. Uh, and I have a lot of respect for all the net play TOs. Obviously Jade was, uh, I would say one of the biggest players in net play, uh, TOing over the pandemic. Um, I think it's really hard and uh, takes a different set of skills. Um, But I don't think there is a way to make it uh, as competitively viable as LAN or as um, feel as good to the players because everyone's going to feel like, you know, something is bad about it um, outside of their control. Um, but you know, that plays cool. I think people should keep playing it. Just, you know, take it as seriously as you feel like you should. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe $3,000 every two weeks is a lot for something as, um, wild west as netplay. Uh, but that's okay. I think netplay is cool. I play netplay every day. It's practice, you know, that's my answer. <laughs> And uh, Edwin, I think we've got another one, right? Yeah, let me just get get one out. That one, this one is from uh, Seal. Question, superstar. Uh, yeah, I love you, Dev Dog. Like, also, I just these are, I, these I see are three you in chat. questions. I don't like this. The first no, one, give me all three. No, you know what? <sighs> Never mind. He doesn't get it. Seal, sorry. So yeah, Seal. Thing is, so this kind of retreads a similar ground to what we talked about before in the episode. Um, I'm just gonna, I'll just boil it down. Um, what can we do to make the Midwest turn out more to make Combo Breaker really big for Melee? Um, I think Combo Breaker and the Midwest is a particular specific, uh, relationship that I, I kind of only, uh, am aware of secondhand. Um, but my understanding is that, like, the the standards 
that Midwest tournaments uh, are held to for Melee are something that is... uh, hmm. How do I put this? It is it is frankly unachievable in many ways for Combo Breaker because Combo Breaker isn't focused on just one tournament or one event, right? Combo Breaker has thirty games that it wants to all treat equally well, uh, comparative to their size, right? So we can't at Combo Breaker melee at Combo Breaker can't have you know like um, all best of five or uh, everything recorded or um, uh, you, like multi-elimination format or whatever. I, you know, just because we we they can't spare the resources from the other games to accommodate for that for melee. Because if they had to, if they if they let melee do something like quadlim or whatever like crazy format that we want to do, um, that is better for the players. Then we'd have to do it for all the games, and that there's just not enough time or space or event or setups or whatever um i think similar to what we were saying earlier um if people were more happy to um pay the appropriate amount for majors um we would see more people i mean i i don't know i i I can't really speak to it's going to be a bunch of individual people making different individual decisions about why they don't want to go or why they do want to go or why they can't afford to go or can't justify or whatever. Um, but ultimately I think uh, there's probably a good chunk more people that would go if um, the calculus of the major was more um, transparent. Like, mm-hmm. hmm. I know it's in Schaumburg and not Chicago, so it's kind of hard to compare to something like Genesis. But um, you're still paying for a ginormous space, and there's just a shitload of stuff to do, and a bunch of people there, and 12 streams, and like all this stuff to do. It's not like you're... I, I, I think if the Midwest doesn't fall into the trap of thinking, oh, I'm paying you know $100 to go to a kind of good melee tournament. That's not what it is. It's a really fucking good fighting game tournament that has melee at it. It also has Street Fighter and Guilty Gear and all these other games. It's got a million things to do beyond melee. You can buy. You can buy popcorn. Everyone loves popcorn. The popcorn baron goes crazy. But I I think you just have to, like, be willing to... um, have an experience that isn't centered wholly on your game. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, that's okay. But that is that is what the uh, uh, experience of these fighting game majors are. Your game is going to be treated the same as every other game, which is fairly and equitably, but not, you know, the experience of one game isn't going to be a $100 experience. It's the experience of the whole event. That's the $100 mm-hmm. experience, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that's a very, very good answer and, uh, you know, fits with our topic on our last episode. You know, whatever we said about DreamHack can probably apply to this. You know, if we want to be bigger and have sustainable tournaments, we might have to be okay with not being the main thing in a big tournament or being okay with not going to a big tournament because we're not the main thing. So 
I think that was a very good answer. I hope to see uh, Combo Breaker succeed. And in terms of questions, that's basically it. Now, Edwin, we have a new segment that we've been running. We do not have a question for it. Do you want to make one up right now for Connor, or should we uh, let Sleeping Dogs lie and move on? What? I got time. Uh, oh, yeah, let, yeah. Let let's ask something for Connor. I I, I thought of something. Okay. Cool. Um, so, um, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, Connor, I'm not sure if you you uh, are a fan of the show, but uh, we had Magi on, as I mentioned earlier. She was a great guest. She had a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, we were uh, wrong on a lot of things in terms of uh, you know Smash and, and esports teams. But I think it was still a great episode. And unfortunately, she did have to leave early, so we actually missed out on her uh, questions. This did, however, birth a new segment called uh, "What Would Magi Say?" What would Magi answer? What was it? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. What would Magi? I think answer? I remember this. What yeah, would Magi we were, answer? We were driving up to Major Upset that day, actually. Perfect. So you know, Stephen was uh, asked the same exact thing when he came on uh, the last episode. He was also asked a question of "What would Magi answer?" So unfortunately, oh, um, no. the the patron channel where we usually ask this was a little uh, clogged up with other stuff going on, so we did not actually get to ask for uh, what would Magi answer questions. But Edwin, you seem pretty confident that you have one. Yeah, so one of the what would Magi answer questions that we asked in the past was, what is Magi's favorite uh, breakfast, right? Ah, so, yes. So now I, I want to kind of invert that, or at least get asked something a little different. What do, you think, what do you think Magi would answer for her favorite dinner? Uh, you know, I don't know Magi all that well. I don't think um, that's important to what would Magi. Yeah, know. that's not really what would Magi quite, answer. Yeah, what would Magi answer? I don't know. Uh, she's from uh, Baton Rouge, Ooh, right? Maybe a big uh, crawfish. I was gonna say like a gator, an étouffée. Gator étouffée. <laughs> like gator, gator étouffée. Yeah, fuck I'm it. That sounds so good, actually. Ooh, Jade, what if we got? No. Hey, hey, don't oh, play dinner. <laughs> we're, we're, almost, we're almost done. We'll let you eat. We'll let you eat. We're almost done. Wait, get them on. Okay. I need to hear their, their answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Jade. Wait, very yeah. important. Jade, they're inviting you. Celebrity shot. You don't want to take a celebrity shot? You just answer the question. What would what? Magi answer uh... for the best... Their their favorite dinner or whatever. Her favorite dinner. Her, her favorite dinner. Hamburger. Hamburger. Hmm. From McDonald's. You know what? I don't Don's? know if she's she screams red meat eater to me. That was a weird way of saying that. She. I'm sure. What? She she totally she had a burger at. Didn't she had a burger? I think that's a pretty good answer. Burger. Hamburger. Yeah. You know what? I I kind of like my answer more. I, I ragged on uh on on my good friend edwin for this but his answer a couple weeks ago to, to breakfast might be good i think it might just be uh some chicken chicken tenders and uh mac and cheese chicken tenders yeah, mac and what cheese i wanted to say yeah, it, was, it was very uh it was kind of infantilizing her but then Stephen came on and was like no that's right <laughs> so i have to give you credit here uh i would wonder I could, you know what maybe another question we'll ask in the future is birthday meal birthday meal is kind of a big one it's a special thing what do you get for your birthday that might be a little more um you know, a little more bigger than a little more bigger was. I mean, it might more be a bigger, bigger vacation, um, and maybe it would be something better than uh, chicken fingers and, and mac and cheese. But for yeah, I think that'll be my answer. 
And uh, yeah, eventually, I don't know, we'll have her on and we'll we'll figure it all out. <laughs> yeah, I would we'll like to figure it out. it out and then correct her and be like, no, 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 no. I, I don't think Magi would say. I don't think yeah, Magi yeah. would say this. <laughs> no, I think you're wrong. I like that. No, too. I think she would say. I think she would say mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, Connor, uh, we will let you make your dinner, which might be Gator Etouffee. But but we have one last segment here. Of course, this is uh, the unnamed grass. Affectionately known by the fans as Touching Grass. Okay, so it seems like you're a fan. Um, yeah, this is where, for anyone who is not familiar, this is where we talk about what's going on in our lives outside of Smash. Because all we talk about is Smash, so it's, it's important to, to see ourselves as multifaceted human beings. I will go first. I'll let everyone uh, have some time. I actually have a couple different things. But uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the NBA playoffs. I've been watching a ton of them. A couple of crazy episodes have happened. Um, my Philadelphia 76ers were the only team to make a clean sweep, and we are currently resting. And I think it's important for me to say this right now, because next episode we have, we are probably going to be on the brink of elimination in the second round. So it'll be a lot less fun to say that then. Um, But really, if I'm thinking about stuff that I've been doing, I have been watching the NBA. The thing that was most, um, you know, prominent in my life the past couple weeks was uh, I went to Montreal. It was the first time going to Canada. First time in Montreal, I guess, as well. You've never been to Canada? Hey, man, get off my back. (laughs) There was a global right. pandemic. Um, Not even before that? I was a, a wee boy. <laughs> I think I wanted to go to Gommel 2019, but I uh, just I took a long time getting my passport. And then, I don't know. I went to Canada, though. I do have a passport. I went to Canada. I did not smuggle anything in. And, um... <laughs> Sorry, it sounded, sounded very suspicious, saying I didn't smuggle anything and then coughing. Uh, but I went to Canada for my cousin's bachelor party. I am in the wedding, so I went. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, honestly, uh, being around a bunch of guys who are drinking who I don't really know can lead to some moments that are not the most fun. But overall, I had a very fun weekend. Um, I got to see Soup Ostrich, who uh, is one of the best-dressed Smash players ever. Um, got to hang with him, Montreal, and got to just walk around Montreal. I got to see kind of the cooler areas. I got to see downtown. I got to see old Montreal. It was a city that was very rooted in uh, history in terms of um, you know its old buildings, which is very cool. Uh, but it was a city that also was able to kind of have a lot of charm in, in kind of the, the scragglier bits. I, I was in an area that was, you know, um, had a lot of cool stuff going on, had a lot of cool shops. Um, but also, uh, was right near an abandoned building that had like littered with graffiti and, and there was like an old, uh, ice rink that was all rusted out. It was all like oddly charming in a way of how shitty it was. And, uh, everything was French, which honestly was kind of cool. Yeah. I took a couple years of it in high school. So I like going, bonjour. Um, yes. Uh, so I will have the, uh, (laughs) I like saying that it was fun. (laughs) They don't believe you. I had a couple of people. I would say bonjour, and they would go hello. They they do not. <laughs> they did not believe me. But uh, nevertheless, um, I had a fun experience. I'm hoping to go to Canada again. I, unfortunately, I have to miss Battle BC for the wedding that that was the bachelor party before. But um, I hope we can go to Gommel. And if there's a reason to go to Montreal, if anyone wants to throw a tournament up there, I had a great time in Montreal. Let me, I would do it let again. me hit up Squid. Squid, Lunar Dusk, yeah, hit, hit, hit everyone up. Um, Adam, what about yourself? What have you been up to recently? Uh, I've got a lot. Uh, I've been watching Survivor a ton. Oh, God, I have been. I've been Actually, uh, like, an unsafe amount. I think you've been going at a pace that is way too quick, right? 
Yeah, I've, I've been watching a ton, like, every evening. Uh, I've been going out to the movies a lot more. I've just kind of made it a regular part of my, my week. Like, me and my spouse will go see something. We're seeing Polite Society uh, this week. Um, last week, I saw Bo is Afraid, which I wasn't really crazy about, but I didn't see that with my spouse. My spouse hates Ari Aster movies, mm-hmm. so I... Uh, Bo is Afraid, more like Edwin is underwhelmed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been paying attention. That's what you said while walking out, right? Yeah. It, I'm rolling my eyes at that one. But n- none of those are my real answer because those those are boring. The fun answer is that be, just through my dad and through the rest of my family that's super into cricket, I've been relearning sort of what's been going on in the international cricket world. And it's, it's kind of funny revisiting it because I used to follow it a little bit when I was a kid just, you know, because my family watched it and everything. Um, I followed it a little bit more when I – at my old workplace – because I worked with a bunch of Indian people who are super into cricket, so I just kind of relearned the sport, picked it up by osmosis. And now the Cricket World Cup is happening this year. So I actually uh, I made a spreadsheet of past World Cup storylines and some of the best, like, and I made a separate sheet cricket of, stats. like, yeah, of, like, cricket stats and batsmen and, like, bowlers that I'm supposed to know, like, who's important and who's not. And it's very funny seeing, like, seeing recurring patterns happen in cricket over and over again and thinking of like american analogies for them or just analogies in other sports or fields of competition right and and i've come to really think and uh we i tease this to you a little bit before the show (laughs) i swear to god i'm not just saying this to curry favor i really think india and cricket are like the philadelphia eagles i think i think india and cricket they're just like so every year India is always a contender in cricket or every World Cup like we always like India always has amazing batters they always have a lot of talent they do great against like the really hard teams in the league and then sometimes they just like they make things difficult for themselves in a way that's like it's kind of like the Eagles like huh like why are we down 0 to 14 against the New Orleans Saints and then like sometimes you lose the game and it's like I can't believe we lost that or it ends up being a blowout victory for you anyway because you go on like a 30 to 0 run or something like just really inex- like a lot of just very pointless heartbreak like that sometimes manages to pop its head at very inopportune times and other times just pure dominance like always having some of the best batting batsmen in the world batsmen meaning like basically batters in cricket so india is known for just like that out. Yeah, so so India is known for just always having really good batters. So the year that uh, India lost to New Zealand in the World Cup, basically they had the number one and two batters batsmen in the world, which is basically. And what happened is like, so I, I'll just quickly mention this as just like a very unfortunate thing that happened. So they entered the World Cup in 2019 as like one of the two really big favorites with Australia. Australia are kind of like just like the the super dominant team in cricket. They're they're like they've been good since like the 90s. They're just always good. And uh, basically, India was like expect India and Australia were expected to be the two favorites heading into it. And what happened to India is that like. So in cricket, once you get out as a batter, you're done. Like, you literally cannot go up to the plate again. So India had the two best batsmen in the world. It's basically like the equivalent of having, like, Zane and IBDW in a crew battle. So, like, if you're, if you're, if you're planning to, like, go up against another Not crew... Not Jay Mook? 
Yeah, or, or yeah, I, I, yeah, J Mook and Zayn, I guess that would be... But basically, like, two really, like, two people who live on any given day are the best player on the field, right? So, like, if you enter a crew battle with those two, you expect, like, the combined stocks that they take is, like, if not the entire opposing crew, it's, like, three quarters of them. Like, basically, one of them is going to go hamburgers, right? And basically, what happened in cricket and what happened to India was, like, the two best batsmen on the team, the two best batsmen in the world combined for like two runs and they were out. They were out by like 5% through the game. And once you're out in cricket, you're done. So you're it's out. basically like a win probability jump of like minus 80% or whatever. Like just wow. completely like ru ruin their chances of winning and they, they lost to New Zealand in the semifinals. So, so that, was a, that was pretty devastating. So they're entering it this year. Hopefully, hopefully they don't they don't fuck it up again. But th this year is pretty interesting. It, it seems like England is is pretty good. Australia is pretty good. India and New Zealand are pretty good. And then th there's a few teams beneath that that are kind of like very top heavy, or they they have like some talent, but the the roster is not uh, as fully fleshed out. But yeah, it, it's kind of fun relearning this. Um, it seems like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, you'll you expect to hear more. I kind of. One last thing I'll say. More. Yeah, I, I mean, one last thing I'll Even say more? about it. Yeah, it's because it's it's not like an it's it's not like super popular in America yet. Like it's it's not like well known or established. So a ton of like stat keeping is not necessarily like ex accessible. Like it's kind of hard to Let's find it. Yeah. Th so this is one thing that I thought. I thought it would be really funny if I started a website or like something that was like a primer to cricket. From someone who is just from someone who doesn't know anything about the sport, and it's basically just like details my journey of like learning what cricket is, like what the what's happening in the world of international cricket, and just literally something that details how in like 365 days I, I learned everything there was to know about cricket. So I just had this idea. I, I think it I think it'd be kind of fun. I, I don't really know if I have the energy for it, but it's just I don't know. It's just it's just interesting because like I a think. Project. You yeah. seem to have a lot of energy on the subject, so uh, it, I, I'm just kind of shocked there isn't like a prime, like a really good, high quality prime. Like, there's some videos you can find here and they, there. But this just, is how melee stats gets into cricket. Yeah, maybe, maybe this is where we finally become miscellaneous stories. Maybe, maybe this is the. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, now, Edwin, yeah. I do have one question. I hope this doesn't set you off again, but. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned that India is kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles. Would you consider India's fans as obnoxious as the Philadelphia Eagles fans? And before you start to answer, could you could you answer this in the spirit of the upset? Could you answer this in a New, New Zealand accent? Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah, all right, Brandon, no. give me that way, <laughs> give me that way. India's fans are just like like the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I don't okay, so I think uh New Zealanders they're they're a little more uh you know quaint, right? They'd be like, uh yes, uh Connor, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to say on the subject, but uh subject. you know, if, if there's nothing else you'd like to subject. say about cricket, we could go on to cricket. whatever you're thinking. Yeah, I just love Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery. That's yeah. my that's my story. I will say, I think that was not my best New Zealand accent. I did a Kiwi accent in Connor's car. And I think oh, Jade was actually so good. <laughs> Jade thought there was someone else in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. Um, I appreciate it. Did New Zealanders say "sar" or no? Or is that not just really. They, okay. they, the the thing that gets me 
going on the New Zealand thing is mm. what we say, <laughs> like, soft E, like seven, they really pull in seven, you know? Seven. seven. Yeah. You know what, Edwin? Peter Jackson. We're, you know going, to, we're going to do a trip from uh, the tip of the South Island to the top of the tip of the North Island. Me and you. That'd be fun. No, and in then New gonna... Zealand, they call them the biggie and the smallie. And biggie then we're going to come back, and we're going to... <laughs> then we're going to come back, and then we're going to have perfect Kiwi accents. Dude, okay. I'm just saying, put me... You we're think my miss, like... accent is annoying now? After Festa, it's going it, to... When we're at Festa, it's going to dial up. Like, to All right, I'm cutting you off. Connor has to go. He has to <laughs> eat dinner, and he I'm has to hungry. talk about touching grass. I'll say Connor, the one thing I, I won't keep it long i'm looking for a job hmm. um <laughs> so you know i have customer support experience if any viewers know no i the thing that i've been doing other than melee these days we just got off of two rather large endeavors for us they're not you know majors or anything but uh major upset and smash camp were two weeks apart and those were just about a week and a half ago it's the end of that we've been just sort of vibing um the thing that I've been doing lately is uh, I started, I'm inspired by my good friend Melee Papa. I have started trying Literally. to get a, 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 a full clear, a full combo, um, which is a term for hitting all of the notes without missing any or over strumming in Rock Band 2. Oh, I'm, which, ooh. I'm like two. 20%. It's the one that I grew up with. Okay. You, which you, instrument? You play the, uh, I'm starting with lead guitar, but I'm going to do bass. And if I feel very much inspired, I'll buy a drum kit and do drums. But You're not going to do vocals. Two? Wait, guitar do you know too? Or rock no, band two? rock band two. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Uh, do you know how the mechanics of vocals in that game actually Oh work? my god, do not! This evil <laughs> talk is true! No, 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 no. We actually have to end the episode. You cannot ask that question. He's going to talk for longer than he did for the cricket segment. <laughs> okay. Okay. Connor, you've been such a great guest. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on. Does it, you know, if people want to follow you, where can they do oh, so? Yeah, follow me at the Twitter here. Wait, there. <laughs> Follow uh, level one underscore TV also. That's the organization that I co-founded. We're going to do some more stuff, hopefully. Uh, follow, um, I don't know, follow Smash Camp. We just finished Smash Camp. We might have some more stuff coming. Follow us on Twitter to find out. Um, um, uh, that's it. Don't Connor, you're else. a wonderful guest. Maybe we'll have you more uh, at some point in the future to talk about Rock Band and Wheel. Sure. Uh, make sure that's the episode where Edwin's I don't know, doing something else. Maybe we'll cool. get like Ambi on. Because okay, uh, unfortunately, good. I think we don't have enough time to bring up Rock Band vocals around Edwin. Uh, are you <laughs> no, but you're, you're very fun to talk to. I'm glad that you're on. <laughs> no, I think you're one of the perfect guests to talk about all of the different ways that Melee's you know landscape has been changing over the past few weeks and, and ah. you know, what it's going to look like in the future. You, you could have had someone better. That's okay. Well, Next I guess time. so. J Mook keeps leaving me on red, so what are you do? Um, <laughs> J Mook, he'd have a lot to say about money in Melee. Dude, he'd be so funny. It'd be effortlessly cool, and everything you say would be funnier than everything I say, which is very effortful. We should get him on uh, Foresight Fights Live next time we do it. 
I don't know what you mean by we. Okay. Um, Connor, thank you so much for being on. And thank you for uh, We, my side. If you want to watch these episodes as they are live, twitch.tv slash Melee Stats. The episodes go on to YouTube on the Melee Stats archive. You can follow us over there. Uh, or subscribe, I guess, is the term for that. And uh, we also have Melee Stats, which are, is our main channel where we have long-form videos. So you can also keep an eye out for that twitter.com slash melee stats pod so we're going to be having um, you know daily reporting on locals and, and regionals and stuff like that we're also going to have links to the articles that we put over on meleestats.co such as monday morning marth and when's melee and if you love everything that we do and you just want to support us in any way possible patreon.com slash melee stats connor thank you so much for being on and thank Thanks you for, for watching me. we will be back at some point to discuss uh, what is going on in may it's been a uh, quite a interesting april so i'm excited to look forward to what happens to next week or ne our next couple weeks and uh we'll be back to talk to you then all right tune in to combo breaker hey